doesn't make a lot of sense until you let go of the whole concept of sense, mm -hmm. and then somehow it means everything. Yeah. You are now tuned in to drink this podcast. Matt and Paul G. Chatting top quality, you know they always got a free talk policy. Guests speak honestly, no apology. Full spectrum from politics to comedy. Please listen responsibly. A few brew in, chance of animosity. A couple more brew and the crew getting wobbly. No matter this, the park place a podcast monopoly. Drink this podcast. Welcome to Drink This Podcast, where the Edmonton-based podcast where we celebrate good drinks and good conversation. My name is Matt. Sitting with me today, as usual, is Paul. Say hello, Paul. Hello. And also sitting with us again today is Mia. Say hello, Mia. Hello. Just a couple of reminders before we get into the show proper, as we do have a lot to get to this episode. Firstly, we'd like to shout out the Seen and Heard Podcast Network, who are doing a great job of highlighting awesome Edmonton-produced podcasts and blogs, uh, just like the one you're listening to now. You can check them out at com, and we really appreciate the work that they do there. Also, be sure to rate us on whatever app you grab your podcasts on. Check us out on all our social media feeds. We are at DrinkThisPod anywhere we are available, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or check out our website, drinkthispod.com. So as I mentioned, we have a lot to get to on this episode 60 of Drink This Podcast. So um, we're going to jump right in. Today we're going to be doing a bit of a film study, a film review, a film discussion. experience. We've been talking about doing this for a while. Um, yeah. Uh, quite some time, actually, like since probably October, uh, which is Mia yeah, suggested... Yeah, I I found an initial, yeah, I found my initial um, notes document, which was from October. Yeah. Like, I made a bunch of feverish notes. <laughs> uh, and Mia suggested that we should all watch Southland Tales together and then immediately discuss it as we do like to talk about all things film with Mia. So we're going to do that today. Uh, so yeah. the plan is, before we watch the film here, um, we're going to uh, we're gonna watch the trailer uh, and kind of maybe give some initial impressions and then we'll dive into the film come back and uh discuss what we've seen so why don't we jump yeah. into the trailer and i assume that yeah yeah i assume that we'll also edit out the like roughly what is it two and a half minutes that we're gonna sit here in silence watching this. yes uh why yeah. don't we throw the trailer on now and... yeah all right and then I, I we should also link the trailer i would hope uh like yeah. on our show yeah page. i will throw the trailer into the notes because the trailer is a the trailer is i feel um a fundamental and very important part of Southland Tales as a story. All right. So. Are we ready? All right. So should we go on on three? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. One, two, three. All right. So. Cool. Um, so. Like to me, so, it feels. Uh, it feels just uh, oh, Philip K. Dick yeah. enough to really grab my interest. Oh my god, I can't wait for you to watch this movie. Okay, you'll see. Um, so, uh, for I hope if you guys are, if so, you know, listeners, do take a second to go and watch that trailer. Because, like, not only is it, it, like, it's a really good example of how trailers are kind of amazing in and of themselves. Oh, they're a work but, of art. Uh, also, yeah, so, like, this one's a work of art, and you know, and, and uh, when you watch this trailer, like, what you also have to understand is that 
I was 18 years old. I had just started university. I had just gone into, like, I was just in the start of my film studies 100 class. I had literally just discovered Fight Club and Run Lola Run and V for Vendetta and Donnie Darko. I was going to say, so, the, so the, the Southland Tales, if, if you don't know, is is directed by Richard Kelly, who also wrote and yeah. directed Donnie he Darko. Wrote and directed this, so he wrote and directed Donnie Darko. It came out and then Sony uh, uh, or Samuel Goldwyn uh, Pictures was like, here's $17 million. Make your next movie. We assume it will be brilliant. And <laughs> Do that's people exactly find Donnie did. Darko to be brilliant? When they're 18. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I wrote a, I wrote a paper. I mean, like, the director's cut is kind of horrifying, but uh, the original, like, I wrote a, an essay on it. It has its moments. Yeah. Um, I, like, I don't, I don't disagree. I, I, I think it makes, or the people that love it, to me, seem to not understand what it's about. Like, none of them can tell me why they love that movie. But they'll, but we'll, we'll deal with that in other episodes. So, what I see in this trailer is, you know, it's a postmodern apocalyptic swan song for America, basically. And what you have to understand is that this came out in 2006. Yeah, so 10 years um, ago, 11 years ago. 11 years ago, but also in like two, like five years out from, from 9-11, right? Yeah. Um, so it's like Bush era politics and this first, <laughs> you know, the, the internet sort of on the uptick, the celebrity ex- obsession is happening. Um, and I, I really have a soft spot in my heart for apocalypse films, and I saw in this trailer an apocalypse film that kind of celebrates the human race for bringing itself to such a permanent end and like Mm. where american exceptionalism and neocon paranoia are kind of taken to their most nihilistic and absurdist extremes yeah so i watched the trailer over and over again uh and i i loved it and i was so invested in this movie being good and then i saw it (laughs) now we're gonna see it and we will be back All with right. the raw, unfiltered reactions. I, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Matt hit record like as soon as we stop the actual movie. All right, you let me know when we're and gonna press record. All we'll, right, <laughs> we'll, we'll be back. We might be different people. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, we're back. I guess I don't like. I don't even know Where what to we do. We back? just so. A guided postmortem on what the fuck just happened. Yes. Um, Why do we not have problems with this before? This usually works fine. I don't know. I just... Cricket. God damn it. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Everything was fine. We were having a wonderful conversation. There we go. Okay. I can hear now. (laughs) All right. What just happened? My dog climbed all over the remote. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Okay. Um, so we've just sat through two, two hours and 15 minutes of screen time of what might be one of the weirdest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, purely brilliant, but really weird. Uh, where, where do we even start? Well, uh, we start, so I have a bit of a, a thing here. I've written about Southland Tales before, so I, I have, um, I have something of a, uh, an explanation not no not an explanation uh like i said a guided postmortem. right um so for those audience members uh listening to this in in audio form who have not really seen southland tales and are not gonna like sit through two and a, two and hours and change uh 
so Southland Tales. Can, can I again, take a stab at describing what this movie's about? Yeah, actually, that's a really good idea. I think Why so don't too. Do that? So, Why don't do that? as near as I can tell, it's set in what's like it's set in 2008, but it's supposed to be the near future, right? This is released in 2006. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but it was written like shortly before nine. So the writing process began pre 9 11. Mm, no, after. Mm, okay. Um, and The Rock plays a movie star. Yep. Who is missing. Like, at the beginning of the yeah. movie, all you know is that he's gone missing. And he's yeah. ended up with Will Sasso. I, I still don't know who Will Sasso is. Um, the Will bald, Sasso. fat guy from the beginning who shows up at the end. Oh, Fortunio. Why don't you explain it rather than beat by beat of the plot? Like, do an abstract. Well, it, it's about the end of the world. Um, yes. Correct. And, like... <laughs> But brought about by, like, it's ultimately science that brings us down, right? Like, it's it's yes. it's an attempt well, to grow bigger than our britches yep. that is ultimately our undoing. Um, so yep. what happened to The Rock is he was sent back in time? Yes. Uh, so this is, it's remarkable how easy I feel like this is. But, like, even just two rewatches ago, I was like, oh, God, what the fuck? Um so this movie uh, takes place in the aftermath of two nuclear bombs dropped in two cities in Texas, yes. which allows for, again, this was made in the Bush era, and this was right when the Patriot Act happened. And, like, and they have their own version. In this failed. America, they have their own yeah. version of the Patriot and so, Act. And so, you know, the, the, the alternate future of this is that America went to World War III, uh, and the Patriot Act is basically just run fucking hog wild. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's an international, like ridiculous amounts of surveillance. Um, and also the oil crisis has not <laughs> gotten better. And so there's this crazy weirdo, uh, played by Wallace Shawn wearing a, uh, kimono. Fabulous wig. Um, <laughs> and a fabulous wig. And great uh, eye shadow. He has, uh. he has uh, developed this, uh, machine off the coast of California which generates just what seems to be infinite energy. However, it's also causing c things to kind of right. collapse so at like a level. The premise of the um, like what's what's happening or like why everything is so fucked up in this world is yeah. because of Wallace Shawn's machine because it's and because of, you know, Patriot Act run wild. Yeah. But but I mean the reason that people are affected like Wallace's yes. machine is affecting everybody like yes. they're their like basic psychic, equilibrium, yes. uh, and yeah. it's causing them to go um, nuts. Yes, and so you know, it's also causing you know they're like all of these. Um, it's it's kind of a clumsily layered movie because Richard Kelly showed the uh, original version at Can at at the Can Film Festival, and it was booed mm -hmm. and it was a Palm Door nominee. It was eviscerated, and then really? the studio was fucking fix it what the hell have you done so uh, there are layers that are way like slacked on way more thickly than necessary oh, and so like it, it does feel illusion it there's feels... all these illusions to like red tides and wildfires and you know smoke in los angeles yeah. so you can't see and like all this stuff but that's a i think that's a great addition like the red tide oh, a God. well but again a bit on the nose 
is yeah. it comes a, it comes across in a scene where it's just you hear it on the radio in the background yeah, the and the radio. radio is telling you that everything's fine but you should also yeah. freak the fuck out about this right and yeah. so it's like those so, little layered attention to detail that's filled in yeah it does so feel the need the, to narrate itself for a th- at least was, two that thirds was the studio that was that was the studio being like fucking fix it what do we do um, and the answer was bring in Justin Timberlake to do a lot of heavy handed narration where he just like literally reads out from the book of revelation. Yeah. So, and explains exactly um, what's going on. Yeah. So the, the machine has caused a rift in time that, uh, causes someone to travel back in time. Oh, and then okay. literally just two people, Boxer Santeros, who's played by Dwayne, the rock Johnson and Sean William Scott's character, who is Roland Taverner. They both end up going through the rift going back in time and interacting in some way with their past selves. Yes. So in one case, the past self gets killed. In the other case, both of them survive. But it's their their future selves that we're following over the course of the film. Yes. 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 Or the present selves. (laughs) Yeah. So like part of the Paul could explain so beautifully because he has read the book on which a lot of this is based, which is not. And unfortunately, uh, he's not even listening right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you're standing up and not listening. Oh, this is a very good beer. Holy God. It's the Naughty Hildegard. Yeah, that's Drift the best Arm American Band. ESB I've ever it's had. It's so good. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. I buy case. I buy a case of that when it comes out. It's it's really yeah, good. I just oh wow, I've never tried it. Um, I anyway. you guys were calling me a wanker. Yeah, because you could explain some of this shit because yeah, you've read uh, some of the source material. How, explain how this is like "Flow My Tears," the policeman said, because I've not read that, but apparently it's pretty on the nose in a lot of the time travel-y sort of things. So I read this in the summer, and I'm definitely forgetting some of the details. But the the basic conceit of that is that there's a genetically engineered fellow and a. a totalitarian near future setting who uh is a a very famous tv guy he's like what fuck uh it'd be like johnny carson except taken up a couple orders of magnitude when he was at his height so he's, he's like a late night guy who goes on every night but he's very like everybody watches this guy and i he gets attacked by a jilted lover with something. And I, I, if I'm remembering correctly, it's like an alien creature or something, but then he wakes up the next day in a motel room with no identification, which like there's an embedded thing where he can't identify himself. He has no money and nobody's ever heard of him. Like he doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, And it gets weirder from there, (laughs) but the essential conceit um, is that he's ended up being like branched off into another timeline where his version of himself died as a child or something. Right. Huh. <clears throat> um, and again, I read this in like June of last year, We're recording in late February. So it's, it's a Blue little, a the details are a tiny bit hazy, particularly since I read that in the midst of 14 other Philip K. Dick novels. But uh, there's definitely some parallels there. Um, I, I, well, yeah, because there's a guy named Taverner in that book, if I recall. The guy that I'm talking about yeah, is named Jason right. Taverner. Right. And, and yeah. Lovett says, flow my tears, yeah. Yeah. said and the policeman. Which, which my friend Cam, when I showed this to him, Every so often, like, he and I would still get together and get drunk, and we'd talk about a couple of different things. BSG would be one of them. Uh, the disappointment that was Prometheus would be another. And then every yeah. so often, he would get this dark look in his eyes, and he'd just be like, John Lovitz plays a policeman who says 
flow thy tears. Yeah, man. And he was so angry. <laughs> it, it, knowing what Lovitz became, it does kind of upset me. Or, like, I guess who he was the whole time, and I just didn't realize. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But his inclusion... Fuck, everybody's inclusion in this movie is yeah. insane. Like, yeah. Yeah. oh, it's John yeah. Larroquette. And why not yeah. Mandy Moore? And yeah. Wallace Shawn. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck is happening? How... <laughs> Yeah, I think my favorite is Christopher Lambert driving a, an ice cream truck full of automatic weapons. Okay, so who is he? So, it... Well, so uh, he is the personification of, I mean, he drives a white ice cream truck. So he's death. I, a white, yeah. I, I thought Justin truck. Timberlake was death. No, uh, I have a guide. Hold on. I know I could tell you probably who Justin Timberlake is. Uh you're really okay. gonna have to have watched this movie to understand anything we're talking about. Like, uh, well, spoiler, so spoiler. Have... Yeah, spoilers. Um, so I have uh, no. You so know what? Am I no. to then let's, assume let's... that that every every horseman of the apocalypse is represented in this film? I actually can't remember, but I would assume so. It, um... So if Lambert is the angel of death, what does that make <laughs> Wallace Shawn? Who clearly has to be another one? Is he Pestilence or is he? Maybe. I don't even remember what they all are anymore. Death, war and Famine. War are the famine. Two. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, in in an effort to make this as palatable as possible for people for listeners, I apologize uh, who have not seen this movie and are now hearing three drunk people talking about it. Hey, speak for yourself, um, man. <laughs> I've had two beer. I had okay, a, m- a significant serving of caffeine midway through the movie. I am fine. Oh, I'm terribly sorry uh okay so just me um so uh let's see we're in my notes here's the thing about this movie uh people hate it for a good reason yeah uh, they do like it's 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 kind of fucking ridiculous there's a lot of moments that on first watch especially you're just like why are we focusing on this like why why is this happening uh why are they talking about a baby uh who has had not had a bowel movement and oh man i completely forgot that, about the fucking and somehow baby that like portends the end of the universe uh why is there an extended commercial where two suvs have graphic that makes sense to me though that to me is uh, world building like that's oh, yeah it is but it's kind of off-putting world building. <laughs> but it's an off-putting world. It's supposed to be. Yeah. Like... Um, so, but the thing is that uh, what you love, and you pointed this out very early on, Matt, uh, the thing that is brilliant about Southland Tales is that uh, this is a film which has a completely consistent internal logic, mm-hmm. but it takes place in a universe where the basic rules of reasoning are slightly different from our own. Mm-hmm. And it's and and because it is a consistent and complete uh, universe, no one bothers to explain the rules of no because logic. it's just reality. Because that's their reality, correct? Um, it's the same way that Peter Greenaway's <laughs> a Z and Knots doesn't bother to explain what the fuck's going on. But you watch it and you're like, I get the sense that this takes place like this makes sense to the character. Sir, did you it just reference work. Peter Green as Zed? Green, Green away, Peter Greenaway. Oh, he's a he, he's best known for the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. But the film of his I've seen is called A Z and Two Knots, and it oh, doesn't okay. make a lot of. Sense. I was like, did we just talk about Pulp Fiction? Um, 
I'm trying to find that tweet because I I was really proud of how I phrased that. I think it was like it it has the right amount of earnestness and it definitely believes in itself. Yeah, it does. Like this is a film that goes all in. Like it Mm -hmm. never, ever doubts itself. No. Um... And it really, and that's why, and I'm, I'm, I was all set up, like, you know, if I, I'm kind of reaching, it's because I really was prepared for you guys to hate it, because everyone else I've ever shown it to hated this movie. I understand why they did, but I've never hated it. Oh, no, I get why people would not like that movie. It doesn't, it's like you said, it doesn't, it just expects you to know. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense until you let go of the whole concept of sense, Mm -hmm. and then somehow it means everything. Yeah, Um, it's... Um, (laughs) <laughs> it's very much, uh, uh, th- and I think that's why it's so enjoyable. Quentin Tarantino once said that, I think it was him, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase, but something along the lines of, um, I don't give a rat's ass if I don't know what's going on in a movie. Like, that's not what bothers me. What bothers yeah. me is when I don't feel like I trust where we're going or that you yeah. have a direction. This movie is fucking going places all the time and it's working towards a single goal uh and a single moment right which is great because it ties together a lot of things that i'm really not sure how they're connected even now like i don't get exactly how the tattoo parlor factors into it and i know there's a couple of overlaps in that like where they're blackmailing but here's the thing also is that this movie is in tatters like byling uh, so Bai Ling is, is, is an actress who is really mostly known for being an Asian woman who shows her boobs a great deal. Mm-hmm. She's kind of on the D list, I'd say, like skimming middle top of the D list. Um, but she's in this movie and she is, in fact, the orchestrator of the apocalypse. She is the puppet master of the Antichrist. And that was explained in the movie. Is it? But it got left in the cu- on the cutting room floor. Well, that would have made so much more sense. Her- yeah, it would have. But that's the thing, is that this movie is incomplete. It is fundamentally incomplete. And Richard Kelly, like, he kind of fucked up the director's cut of Donnie Darko. It's widely agreed upon. But this director's cut would be so good. Yeah. Because it would clean stuff basic shit that kind of got left out. and i i would honestly not mind if this movie was 30 minutes longer that wouldn't no, that, bother me the original cut was something like four hours jesus it, it honestly would not even if i watched it in two sittings it would not yeah. bother me if this movie was three hours because um, i feel like there's another half hour of detail oh, yeah. that is missing from this yep um and so, so you know, people hate this movie because it doesn't seem to make a great deal of sense, but it is very dedicated to what it does. And there is a certain subsection of weirdos like myself and you guys who really appreciate that. However, this movie is now just over 10 years old, and it continues to be more and more prescient. And, and like, I started calling this a little while ago, but I really do believe that this movie is going to be taught in film studies classes, and people are going to be like, he was years ahead of his time in a couple of ways. Um, because I just came upon today, uh, Collider.com, someone wrote a retrospective uh, back in May of 2016. And the author said, quote, there's never been a better time to watch Southland Tales than 2016. Mm-hmm. And no, it's not just because of the NSA and Trump parallels. Viewers were befuddled in 2006 and 2007, and you will still be befuddled now. 
I'm not going to play the ahead of its time card here. Southland Tales and its post 9-11 Patriot Act and reality TV fears is very much a product of its time. However, the overstuffed nature of its plot is perfect for the way that we digest tentpole movie news based on existing property now. There are such exciting scenes that exist in this movie that some divergent critics and audiences love the sheer audacity in The Undertaking and have been beating its drum for the past 10 years. The sheer audacity of it. That's brilliant. Yeah. But the, the, the point of this article, and, and I very much agree with it, is that it's not necessarily that the events... Uh, that Kelly predicted events, although I have a list of those that he did, but he kind of predicted how movies would uh, evolve. Right. And so watching it in 2017 now, we're actually a little bit better equipped to understand uh, the structure, like yeah. the, the way the movie's put together, the same way that it's actually a lot easier to watch Twin Peaks now. Mm, you watch Twin Peaks, the, the David Lynch TV show, and you're like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Especially now that Riverdale's come out, which is basically like Twin Peaks, but with excruciatingly hot people. Twin Peaks babies. Um, yeah, it's Twin Peaks Muppet Baby. <laughs> but um, back can in I... 1991, Twin Peaks made no sense. No, none whatsoever. <laughs> I remember watching it about the time this movie came out, and like the I got to like two episodes, and I'm like, are they fucking barking at that guy? No. Turned it off. Um, I... It, it really, like, revels in its own literary reference. Like, not just Philip Holy K. Dick. But, like, <laughs> Philip K. Dick directly. But I also read a boatload of Vonnegut in this. Yeah. Uh, yep. And yep. I, something else I find interesting that I thought about during the movie that I, I now feel vindicated about is I see a shitload of Richard Matheson in this. Uh, Richard Matheson wrote a short story called The Box, which is the oh, follow-up yeah, which movie. Is the third movie right? that he directed. Matheson that, is Richard Kelly directed. Re- really well known for writing like the best Twilight Zone episodes. Like he was really yep, good at generating definitely a very dayglow Twilight Zone. Right, episode. and it's like he was always really good about generating universes. Like he's written one about as near as I can tell is about prostitutes who start like harassing people at their door until they give in and and pay them for sex um but it's 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 just like this in the sense that like things just happen and i'm it's not really explained and it's not like this is weird or different they're happen and they're treated as if they're totally normal and so much shit happens in this movie that is treated as if that's exactly what should be happening that seems weird which to me if i yeah I could see the average movie goer thinking like that's dumb. Yep. And I was like legit upset that I was like, why are you explaining this to me? Like, don't tell me about this, but you would have to tell somebody about this. They wouldn't get it. Cletus and Joanne were not ever going to understand this movie. No, uh, Sally Housecoat and John Q six pack. This is not who that was made for, but this is definitely my type. Let's talk my type of satire. Let's, I want to like, there's performances I want to talk about, like The Rock, who is making choices, big choices. The Rock is a very good actor, and this was, in fact, fun fact, his the first time he was ever billed as just Dwayne Johnson. Really? This movie was where he shed The Rock. <sighs> See, another reason I name. should love it. Um, but like, he's got that little tick that whenever something fucked up starts yeah. to happen, he like starts to tent his fingers and like <clears throat> tap them together. He even does it on his chest. Um, like his character is very consistent and he's clearly like, 
he's clearly scared, but he is also, he looks like the rock, so he can't be. So there's that, those moments where he has that gross, creepy grin on his face. And like, it's weird yeah. to think about which part of him is the real character. Like, I, I don't know that they ever really. Well, and, and Richard Kelly. So, you know, one of, if you start going down the rabbit hole, you will find, especially now, 10 years on, uh, a lot of really good articles and explainers and like, People who are like, yes, this is a fantastic movie and no one really realizes it. Mm -hmm. But someone at Vice tracked down, I think he just tweeted at Richard Kelly just being like, I would for free interview you for three hours on what the fuck is happening in this movie. Yeah. And Richard Kelly accepted. Oh, wow. And there's the full, and there is a, a good write-up, but also just the full transcript of them. They walked around Venice Beach <laughs> all afternoon, and they went to all of the locations because they shot this on location oh, in yeah. a month. They shot it in 29 days. Oh, what? This was, um, holy fuck. So, How you know, you shoot Vice this had, in a month? So there's, well, a lot of the visual effects ended up not finished for a little while. Uh. Um, but, you know, so Vice tracked down Richard Kelly and this amazing interview, you know, has some great trivia. The fact that like, and, and when you understand like this, this is in the movie, like Richard Kelly originally just envisioned the plot as being like a bunch of idiots running around L.A. trying to extort. Dwayne Johnson's character for money. Right. And then at the end, there would be this big Zeppelin explosion. And then things went, and I quote, somewhat Richard Kelly-ish inside his brain. <laughs> um, but the other thing that you learn is that, you know, every person Kelly cast was intentionally playing a subversion of their celebrity image. Yeah. So that, you know, Dwayne Johnson is there playing a an actor who wants to, you know, sort of aspire to right. a little more seriousness the way that a a wrestler would aspire to a little more seriousness. Sarah Michelle Geller is playing somebody who's done done a certain thing for a certain period of time and is trying to change, uh, while still capitalizing yes. on her previous success. Well, and and also, um, you know, being the very very feminist at the time, at least, but very yeah. you know outwardly feminist Buffy the Vampire Slayer contrasted with this very philosophical porn star. And I have so many thoughts. So Chris, yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar plays a porn star named Krista now who has a talk show on, I would say the equivalent of like HLN. It's not yeah. CNN. It's like the CNN light. Yeah, she's Nancy, she's Nancy Grace with a sex life. She's not, I wouldn't say she's Nancy Grace, but she, she has this, this, you know, thing and, and, um, with her fellow porn stars and they're talking about like, they're kind of, they're, they're not understanding the fact that proposition 69 is not about 69. 69ing. <laughs> And she has the best line, which I always forget about, where someone asks it, like, are you Deep Throat too?" And she's like, no, no I'm, I'm not, not in that, that movie. <laughs> I, like, um, I feel so bad so for good. everyone listening to this right now. If you haven't seen this movie, and there's no way to explain exactly what it's about. With, like, oh. the plot description seems like like an action movie. And, like, you kind of I point... actually, maybe you should send me a copy, like, send us all a copy of this just before you send it out so we can listen and like maybe this is actually kind of entertaining oh i'm having no no context, context whatsoever, whatsoever. <laughs> I, I hope so I like and wallace okay other performances wallace sean who is uh Mini. yeah um john larroquette why is john larroquette in this movie that's what i want to know um 
who, there's so many that I like. I can't believe I can't think of anybody else. That I was like, why is this person in this movie? Lovitz is great. God damn it, do I Amy love Amy Poehler? Isn't it? Love it, Amy Poehler, <laughs> who is excellent at pretending to be bad at improv. It's very difficult to uh, be a bad actress intentionally. She, um, she did. It's a... really hard to to fake being bad at acting. I convincingly. And I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around like the it almost feels like three different movies smashed into one because like there's there's and it, I guess it really is like given that there's like seven different plot lines that kind of converge in one spot it it really is do you think and I took the one less travel <laughs> do you think that this works better as serialized drama like if if Richard Kelly wanted to make this today. Does he go to Netflix and is it amazing? Yeah, he goes to Netflix like 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 how Stranger Things went to Netflix so and it's amazing. I would actually, and then they get a, a second season that's going to be invariably worse. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go to the Stranger Things parallel. I don't think either of you have watched it, but I go to the Dirk Gently parallel because that is arguably more bonkers and yeah. batshit crazy than this was. I've I've heard of it. It's been on my list. I know they they filmed a scene around the corner from where i live right oh now. yeah it was very filmed in vancouver as somebody who spent a lot of time there i yeah mm-hmm. but that like that was this was a weird movie as i'm watching it i'm going if you guys liked this you're gonna yeah. really like dirk gently because that is fucking bizarre well so now that i know that it's similar to this and it has elijah wood in it i'm going to go and watch dirk gently I, oh I, and, uh, and osric chow who's in hmm. supernatural which uh, we need to talk about that once you guys have watched it i will happily go and rewatch it but it was a gloriously bonkers show when i and when i watch this i like it, it makes me think of a con- i don't know if all three of us had this conversation or if it was just paul and i about the fact that narrative fiction is just it's evolved beyond the movie theater, right? There, and yeah, movies are no longer the highbrow uh, route. They have to- it's totally switched with TV. Yeah, TV was once where you went for careers for like, to die. For careers to die. And now, and if now, you get a Netflix like, show, I just started watching. I just started watching Penny Dreadful, which has fucking Timothy Dalton and Ava Green, and uh, just so many. And you're just like. This would have been a movie 10 years ago, and it would have been a shitty movie. Right? It would have been Van Helsing or The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. And it would have been shitty as fuck, and everyone would have hated it. But now there's, like, seasons to develop. It's great. It makes me really sad that this didn't get to be a television show. I feel like, like a limited run. Yeah, yeah, if this could have been a miniseries, or if HBO, who arguably should have taken a pass at it, was like, we'll make this for you in, like, 10 episodes so you have 10 hours to tell this story yeah which i think ties into what i said about i wouldn't wouldn't mind if this was three hours mm-hmm. I, would I would actually probably a short run miniseries more so than as a movie yeah I, yep. it's the... well it would have because here's the other thing then the other thing that confused you know cletus and joanne was that uh <laughs> there are a lot of delightfully pretentious things about southland tales by f- like by far the two most pretentious are a senator named Bobby Frost who quotes Robert quoting Frost. Robert Frost in his first line. Badly, I might add. Badly, and the fact that it, it that this movie is split into into three acts, and they are episode four, episode five, and episode six, because there was a prequel tri- there was a prequel trilogy 
that was meant to be published as a uh, graphic novel. And I think it did. It limped into bookstores the same way that the movie limped into theaters. Oh my God. And it's gone now. So like, this is one of the things it... that Matt noticed when we were or noted when we were about two thirds of the way through. And I think I tweeted, yeah. but he went and looked it up and this movie made $375,000 on it. On it. No, the oh, Wikipedia said 375, oh, but um, on like an $18 million budget. budget. And yeah. like, Half of that yeah. was on the opening weekend. The fact that the yeah. fact that Richard it, Kelly has nothing. ever been allowed near a camera again is shocking. Well, and that's the thing is he was allowed near a camera again, and he ended up making the box, which was not a good movie. And it's like the box shouldn't be a movie. It, there's not yeah. enough content in that story no, to make it a movie. Enough. I get why he likes it, and there are Matheson stories that you could make into feature-length movies. The box isn't one of them. It's it, what five pages? Yeah. Um, oh, you can find it, and it's actually you can't. Well, you can find some of it, and it's actually not that expensive. Really? I'm. Uh, oh, color me like yeah. I'm shocked, but yeah. Um, yeah, I just found a episode two book um, for like three fifty. Oh wow. That's pretty cheap. Not counting. Anyway. Do we um, want to address the heavy religious overtone? Like, well, not even overtones, like direct reference, like Revelation like it's, it's, 21. Well, it's an adaptation. Yeah. It's an adaptation of the book of revelations, which as a Jew is like way, just totally over my head. <laughs> Other than what I've seen on supernatural, where the four horsemen also showed up in cars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, death drove a red Camaro. No hunger drove a red Camaro. It's been a long time since I've, even thought about the book of revelations let alone experienced any study of it i was a really bad catholic um oh i don't know uh, but i'm actually a very good jew but we don't have the book no, of revelations. not not your guys' book it is not a thing that we do nope uh and nope. you're probably better for it yeah no i, I yeah, yeah i mean we I, my, my my synagogue does serve hard liquor at lunch on nice. saturdays so it's a pretty cool time to be. Uh, yes. Anyway, but it, no, it is. It's um, it's an apocalypse movie, and it's kind of taking on the OG apocalypse story, mm. right? Or the OG Judeo-Christian, I yeah. should say, apocalypse story. There have been lots of them. Yeah, and like, quite frankly, the <laughs> Hindus were the way better at it. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I kind of want to touch as well on you know I said something about uh, this being a very. Um, prescient film mm -hmm. so i've got a list like here's the you know Kel richard kelly says as well like he's reminded of southland tales on a regular basis um you know the the vice guy like the 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 vice uh journalist pointed out he was just like and if you go his um richard kelly's like banner image on twitter is a u.s ident poster <laughs> He talks about is it the, the time. digits for democracies poster? Because I love that one. No, it's um, it's like a, an org chart. Oh, okay. Um, I'm looking it up. But uh, like he 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 talks about it all the time. I tweeted at him about it about Southland Tales while we were watching, and he favorited the tweet. Did he like, really? Yeah, I saw you tweet like, that. He he is um, like he he loves this movie. He was particularly reminded of it, he said, um, when the NSA's prison surveillance program was leaked by Edward Snowden, mm -hmm. because that is the U.S. ident 
program. Well, you know, it was just like they're like, no, we should be able to, you know, to spy on the American citizens basically at all times just in case and because data is amazing well and it, it's tackling a lot of like like you said you called it a layered film and i like it's tackling a lot of issues there are a shitload of like political yeah. overtones like there's, there's a lot of you know, about so the, surveillance the, the war in syria you know like the, the 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 fact that there's now a you know the, the crisis in syria mirrors the fact that in part of world war three was or one of the countries in kelly's version of world war three was syria yeah um while we were in Los Angeles uh, for Christmas, the last time I will go to the United States for at least four years, mm-hmm. my partner, who was born and raised in Los Angeles, uh, like I was asking him, because a lot of people in Los Angeles were like flying California, you know, Republic flags and stuff. Yeah. Like California was having none of Trump's shit. So my partner, I, we were talking about renewable energy and, and, and the environments and stuff. And he said, oh, like California is already a- ahead of its time, you know, ahead ahead of the curve. They're looking into using geothermal energy off of the coast of California <laughs> as a renewable green energy source. And I looked right at him, and I was just like, "Southland Tales is coming true." You realize this, right? I, he, it's one he of... got angry that I mentioned it again. <laughs> That's one of my favorite aspects of this movie is that the perpetual, like the source of free energy, like I'll be goddamned if every one of the, if every apocalyptic writer doesn't trip over themselves to blame it on the liberals. Like even Orwell said straight up, it was the leftists that did this. Yeah. Like the the, the apocalypse uh, is caused by someone trying to curb global Mm. warming. Like, yeah, that didn't escape me either. Um, you know, and it's just like, oh, okay, you don't believe that a porn star could host a cable talk show? I have some bad news for you mm. about the way entertainment and information kind of sewed right. together the shuffling monster that's called President Donald Trump. Would she have been who a- was a softcore porn guest star once. Is yep, Kim Kardashian was. a thing when this movie comes out? Uh, Sorry, she, is, is she a phenomenon as a person? It would have like maybe maybe her tape had just come out. But keeping up with the Kardashians is not yet a thing. Uh, let me look it up. Um, what's her name? Um, uh, Sharon Osbourne does not yet co-host The View. Oh God, no! Not that she's a porn star, um, but just in terms of like vapid nonsense on entertainment uh, television. Keeping up the, with the card. Dashians uh aired first uh oh my goodness 2007 okay just so like her her so so her sex tape like she would have been a thing but yeah no she was not yet she was not on television Kim Kardashian as a yeah yeah um so yeah there was that and then like I think one of the big ones, like one of the big, huge bummer, but really eerily prescient ones is like, you know, people will be like, oh, it's kind of preposterous that a plan to fake a hate crime and use the concept of violence to stoke racial tensions Mm -hmm. and destabilize a like a white supremacist systemic government is uh, interrupted by an actual cop who murders a black man out of racism. Like... Like police shootings and the the commodification of violence. 
I tweeted several um, times in the hashtag. Well, like, very, very present. Uh, about, like, it, it has to be funny because it's so fucking real. Yeah. Um, it's... I want to, I, I want to, there's so, like, we could talk around in circles about this all night. Uh, I want to hit on Justin Timberlake, because we haven't really talked about him yet, and I think he's important. Um, yeah. I'm not quite sure why, um, but he's connected to Sean William Scott, yes? This is something I was yeah. a little bit fuzzy on. So the thing that happened in Fallujah is he killed Justin Timberlake. He, no, he injured him. He injured Justin him. Timberlake is alive. So yes. what happened to his face was done to him yeah. by Sean William Scott. Yeah. Essentially turning him into a drug addict. Yes. Like he's... Uh, and he is addicted to fluid karma, the exact same fuel that is causing the end of the world. Because energy, because energy and also drugs and also the Americans addicted to both. Right. You see? You get it? Yes. It's a big commentary on our addiction to oil. <laughs> There's like, you're right. I should hate this because so much of it is so right. on the nose. Right. And like, yeah. normally that would piss me off. I would be like, oh, yeah. do you think I'm fucking stupid? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the, that's the thing is there's so much of this movie and some of it was because the, the, the studio was like, Jesus God, like, Kelly, fix this, make it palatable. Unfuck this. What have you done with our money? Uh, just like you can feel the flop sweat of, yeah. the, <laughs> of the the of the producers who looked at the original cut and were like, "We have to make something salvageable from this." <laughs> what do we do? Um, so some of it is that. Some of it is also like lines that are you know just super on the nose yeah and, uh, I, I can't i tweeted about one directly and i can't remember exactly and very very obvious where it's oh just, um know. all the the killer song the like the the, oh, yeah. the killer's when video justin Timberlake lip, when justin Timberlake lip syncs to the to all, all these, these things, things that, that i've done, done by the killers and it is like 17 yeah. year old me would have thought that was fucking genius like just <laughs> oh my god how did what how did you think of this knows it's fucking genius but for the same re where you're just like it's genius just in the same way that that guy who dressed up in a like a, a red bull suit and jumped from the highest possible felix, point above felix Earth. baumgartner or whatever yeah that yeah like it's this. It's brilliant in the same way that he's brilliant. You're just like I admire the audacity that you even attempted to do. This. What an excellent way to just like. It is a very audacious movie. Yeah, I love it a, though. I really did yeah. enjoy it. Paul, I liked it, but I mean, yeah. bearing in mind that I've read most of the source material and that my yeah, my see, like my my favorite author is. Uh, Lately, my favorite author is probably Thomas Pynchon, who I know I mentioned in at least our group right. text and maybe in uh, some of the tweets. But yeah, like for the past decade and a half, a great deal of what I read is like explicitly modernist, postmodernist, let's fuck with narrative expectations kind of literature. So this is yeah. like really up my alley. Yeah. Uh, had I appreciated that it would have been quite so much along these lines of weird and layered i probably would have sought this out myself a lot like a long time ago yeah and like yeah when you first suggested this and i like read a brief description it it 
So there was a point in my life where somebody told me what girls was. I'm like, that's dumb. Like, how is that not everything yeah. else that I've ever seen? Yeah. And then you see trailers for girls and you're like, I'm the, this was long before it, I realized how problematic, uh, what's her name? Yeah. Lena Dunham can truly be. But you watch yes. trailers for that show and you're like oh this looks fucking brilliant but there's no way to describe it that makes it sound interesting like the yeah. hook is that it 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 is it's, indescribable yeah it's the, well it's kind of like monopoly deal monopoly deal is monopoly condensed down into a card game that takes 15 minutes to play every single person i've ever described it to uh especially when i've tried to make them play has looked at me and been like mia i don't think we're friends anymore and then they play it and then they're like I want to play again. This is kind of amazing. Yeah. It's really hard to describe. It is. But and, it works. And it, oh, it, it just, it, it flicked all of my switches. Like, it has yeah. everything I kind of want in a movie. I really, the only thing is, I wish it was better. Yes. I ultimately well, wish this was a better, this movie was allowed to be better. It, it deserved better. It, it really was. And this is the thing is that it is ahead of its time in both <clears throat> content. Like, a lot of it is steeped in, in you know, it is of its time. And mm-hmm. I, I want, you know, part of it, I think, is uh, being able to appreciate, you know, when this came out, I was 17 and I was on the, per- like, when you're 17, you understand the periphery of pop, of like the political seepage into yeah. pop culture. But you don't understand the, like, core reasons because you don't follow the news yet yeah so like you understand you know the word neocon you Mm. know that the war in iraq is is controversial and that there's this whole weapons of mass destruction thing god i really hope i'm not outing myself as like a particularly stupid teenager but no i understand what you like you know you're starting to watch south park and watch um and and like snl but you're not also watching cnn every week or every day so you, you you see the like the like shits that pop culture takes of the news that it's yeah. digesting. Correct. I, I feel Whereas like I'm, now... I feel like I kind of have to out myself as a really lame teenager. Cause I was reading all of that at like 14. <laughs> I, I, I started sitting down at 13 or 14 and reading the globe and mail, which was a paper my dad subscribed to from beginning to end, including the it's investment, the including the, the investment section Canadian... at like yeah, 14. It is very much the, like, among the Canadian newspapers, the Globe and Mail is the serious dad of them. It's a national <laughs> so, newspaper. It's not particularly left or right, but... The Globe and Mail is still my homepage on both my phone, my laptop, and my desktop. You are a lame teenager. <laughs> I want to, like, I want to dig a little deeper on what you said about, like, Bush-era politics. And, and uh, so, yeah. it has currently been really fucking pissing me off that people have... When, uh, especially when the Muslim ban was imposed in the U.S., and people talked about how George W. Bush stand in front of the fucking towers and said, "Islam is a religion of peace," and if George W. Bush could say it, then clearly this dude can too. Yeah, and my thoughts are, go f- Bush era. And my, the Bush era government? my yeah. thought when that gets said is go fucking fuck yourself. Do you know what the Bush era government actions did that resulted in serious amounts? Like essentially, it were the next step. ISIS. To get to where we are now, fuck you! I don't care what he said. Look at what he did. Um, but like this movie makes it very like it. It is the Bush era politics that I remember, um, and it's yeah. kind of refreshing that somebody remembers that. Yeah, like that's the thing is that watching it now, being twenty eight and very aware of politics mm-hmm. all over the world, 
and starting to look back and be like, wait a minute, Bush and Cheney are war criminals. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, hang on. This is bad. Like, oh, okay, it's been bad for a while. I wonder if that's not part of why I like this movie so much, is that Southland Tales is very much of its time, and yet also it really is very prescient. Like, it, yeah. it does. It calls out all this stuff. It does what good satires do best, which is to carry things to a logical extreme mm -hmm. and then be right. And what the other movie I think of is Starship Troopers. Yes! Oh my Starship god, Troopers I love Starship Troopers. During the first Gulf War. Yeah. You watch it in the aftermath of the second Gulf War, and it's fucking uncanny. Yeah, it's chilling. Where they're just like, we're going to pick a random other, capital O, other. Yeah. And those are going to be the bad guys, and we're going to send dumb as fuck American kids in to yeah. kill the brown bugs, yeah. in this case. I uh, uh, I think you could watch that movie. Even, like, make up disasters in order to justify it. And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. I think you, you know what this movie makes me want to do? Uh, I, like It makes me want to do a lot of things. It kind of makes me want to watch Wag the Dog again. Sure, I, I haven't seen that. Um, it's it's good. Uh, like Speaking of made-up disasters, um, that's which is exactly what that movie is about. Um, it makes me want to watch Saved again, but that's like my weird love Saved for Mandy so Moore. good. Um, yes, Mandy Moore is also a very good actress. She is. Like... I keep thinking that she's dead, but that's not Mandy Moore. Um there is oh, Brittany Murphy that's yeah. dead. Brittany Murphy. Oh, that was a ago. shame. Yeah, quite a while ago. Yeah. It was a shame. Um, I always... Anyway, it, but yeah. Um, well, I like. I, I don't know how much more we could... There's not much more that I wanted to like touch on or that I can think of yeah. that I wanted to grab on. I, uh, so let's... Instead of closing out with uh, I'm sad when it's over, let's go to Are We Sad That It's Over? Yes. Yes. Always. I would agree. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Um, Again, like this is this is a weird mashup of like Philip K. Dick meets Vonnegut meets a bit of pension yeah. meets mm -hmm. insert other absurdist nineteen seventies sort of sci fi postmodernist writer here. Cohen brothers meets like yeah. it's got a weird nineties like it, it does feel a lot like Get Shorty. It does feel a lot like the Big Lebowski. Like, yeah, I was thinking Big Lebowski a couple of times there. Yeah, where, yeah, I can see that. Where the universe like, just kind of unfolds in front of you, and, and I, that's what I, I feel about that movie. I think yeah. some of that, in my case, is also that I actually only watched the Big Lebowski for the first time last year. Really? As like oh, a twenty-six yeah, or twenty-seven-year-old, it was oh. like I always knew of it, but I never actually sat down and watched it because I I never watched a lot of movies when I was growing up, and it wasn't something that like my my family I didn't see or my it when friends. I was, when it first came out either. So, I feel like that movie holds up. I really do. When I watched that last like last year or the year before, I was really really impressed, and I I intend to watch it again soon it's, but it's one of those movies that i got at the right time that phrases it from it are now like a consistent part of my daily vocabulary like she's not my fucking lady she's my special lady friend or um yeah i um go watch southland tales it's yeah. it's worth it yeah it is worth it go in with an open mind tweet me at mia steinberg mm -hmm. if you're lost uh i will be your guide it's the same way that when a, a friend not a rando but when a friend sits down to watch battlestar galactica i will be there <laughs> I, I i would also you. say if you decide you want to go and watch this um and you're wondering what the fuck have i just signed up on 
Yeah. Sign up for the hashtag. I don't yeah. think we dropped this at the I'll beginning of the episode. I'll drop it at the beginning. I'll do it. Okay, so Matt, we'll do this in the edit, but uh, yeah. at hashtag DTPST, because any yeah. of us at this point, I'm pretty sure, would be happy to weigh in. Yeah, and, and that's like, oh, for, yeah. there's a, a steady stream of jokes and comments, like, in almost real time. <laughs> uh, yeah, because this is the thing, is that when we watched it, we kept Skype running, but uh, we had to mute our microphones in order so that things wouldn't like be bouncing around. So Twitter was kind of how we like shared this experience. (laughs) So it's an extensive live tweet. Um, I'm also going to suggest, and this may or may not ever happen, but there are some things I thought of as we were watching this that I really want to watch with you guys. So I'm going to suggest this is the, or hope drop the suggestion slash hope that this is the first of drink this pod watches dot, dot, dot. Um, And uh, just, just so we can get this on the air because I, 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 particularly after this really want to watch this with you guys i'm going to suggest we do inherent vice next um we're going to watch the trailer after we hang up or after we're, we're done recording yeah. but uh it's a weird fucking movie i'm very familiar with the source material i have mixed feelings that's on the, the movie has, but uh, james mcavoy uh no that's um no. josh brolin and joaquin phoenix oh okay i will we'll watch the trailer i linked in the group text yeah. but uh maybe and or possibly no, pilot I, of dirk gently yeah i would do that yeah. and uh, yeah, this was um, it was a good deal of fun. I'm, I, I, I think that if it's gonna happen again, though, it has to be a movie that at least that only one of us has seen. Yeah, I like the idea mm-hmm. of us uh, of of one person kind of subjecting the other two to a movie and then guiding. Can yeah. I can I just jump into this for a second? The, thing, the aftermath. Neither yeah. of you have seen Inherent Vice. No. Right? No. Awesome. I, I, I've read the book as well, and as I've said, Pynchon is one of my all-time favorite authors, so I will totally be happy to guide that. I think I have an idea of what my next one would be awesome. after that. Well, after and after Matt's. Uh, but anyway. Yes. Yeah, um, so yeah, watch, watch Southland Tales. Do come, it. Come and tweet at us what uh, you think. Even, even, even if this is one Please of those, do. like... Mia's expectation that we'd be borderline friendship ending yeah. after this. If you yeah. watch this and you go, what the fuck did I just subject myself Please to? Please do, actually. And I need to talk to somebody about this and just yell at them. Come and talk to us. Yeah. Yeah. We're I'm all on that. Twitter. Uh, yeah. Let's tell them where they can they can find us on Twitter. Mia, think, why don't you start? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I am at Mia Steinberg at M-I-A-S-T-E-I-N-B-E-R-G. Uh, I am. Um, I am. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Mia? No. Nope. Okay. I'm at Igor Zarubo on all social media. I-G-O-R-Z-A-R-U-B-O. And I am at Slingsbot, likewise on Twitter and Insta. You can also find the show, uh, Drink This Pod, also on Twitter and Instagram, uh, facebook.com slash drinkthispod, and our website, drinkthispod.com. Um, <laughs> this has been an this experience. Is, this has been uh, Drink This Pod, Watches Southland Tales, and until next time, my name is Matt. I'm Paul. I'm Mia. And we will drink with you again soon.
This has been a production of Screaming Dachshund Studios. Big ol' dicks. <laughs>